Well, good morning, and welcome to another week of our Bible reading plan together as a church. Uh, this week, we're going to be making our way through the book of Joshua, and I wanted to give you a bit of a framework as we make our way through the majority of it. Last week, Mike gave a great introduction on just the fear of man and how that was such a snare to the people of Israel and their um, their fear of entering in the land because they feared people and God's command, not only that they would fear Him, but but to trust Him and not be afraid because He was going to be with them. And so what I want to do is I want to help you understand and see why the book of Joshua is in the Bible and why it matters and how it served not only the people of Israel for when it was written, but also us today. And so to give you a little framework, the first 12 chapters of Joshua give an account of the Israelites taking over and conquering the land. So chapters 13 through 22 then talk about how the land was divided among the people of Israel by tribe. And then the final two chapters will be a farewell address by Joshua to the leaders of Israel, but also to the people as well. But what I wanted to begin with is why Joshua was written. And if you remember, in chapter 4, the Lord has Joshua make a monument of 12 stones and after they crossed the Jordan River, so that they, this is why he said, so that when your children ask, you can let them know and tell them about what the Lord has done. And so I know for all the parents watching with little kids or older kids, you, you, you learn that as your kids age, they begin to ask questions. They begin to ask questions about your history. They begin to look around where you are and they begin to ask, why, what is important about these stones that are in a pile by the River Jordan? And, and so there is this, this aspect of Joshua to where it informs the people of Israel about their history, about what God had done. And so sure enough, the Lord knew that the coming generations would be asking many questions. And he wanted to prepare them and give them a written history of what he has done, of his faithfulness. Not only telling them not to fear, not only telling them that he's with them, but to give them actual events, to give them these monuments, these stones. Well, when we sing the Ebenezer, we raise these monuments of God's salvation. So some questions that you might even ask as you read through Joshua and that the people would ask as they would have been walking in Canaan. Why is the pile of stone sitting next to the Jordan River? You can find that answer in Joshua 4.9. Why is this place called Gilgal? Look at Joshua 5.9. Why does Rahab and her descendants live among us? Why wasn't she destroyed with everyone else in Jericho? You can look at six, chapter 6.25. Why are the Gibeonites working and living here? Look at 9.27. Why are these stones, another set of stones, set up outside this cave? And you can look at 10.27. So you can just imagine all these new, this upcoming generations living in this new land, seeing all these things, and asking questions of what do these things mean? What do they have to do with our people and with God? And, the, and God had given these parents and the leaders of Israel answers. And it's, it's a record of what God had done for these people, for them to tell their children so that they might remember and know the Lord. And, and so I think, though, the answer, the ultimate answer, what God wanted them to know more than anything is found in Joshua 4.24. And this is, what, this is what it says in that verse. It says, and this is the answer to the children, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty 
that you may fear the Lord your God forever. So as you read through Joshua and you're asking these why questions, what is the point of this? Just remember Joshua 4.24 that the Lord wanted all people, not just Israel, but all people all over the world, that they would know the mighty hand of the Lord and that they would fear him. And so what a gift that we not only have the book of Joshua, but we're going to be in the book of John, the gospel of John, the beginning of John, where we see and we're able to read. Not only did God send and have, so the people of Israel had stones to look at. Well, what do we have? We have Jesus Christ, the word made flesh. We have these written words and the word, John 1:14, and the word became flesh and he dwelled among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1, 16-17, For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world, this wicked and hating God, and dead in our sins world, this world he loved by sending his own Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And so this is what we get to read about. This is the person. This is the same God, the same God that rescued the people of Israel from Egypt, the same God that delivered them through the Red Sea, the same God that brought them into the land, the same God that's parted the water so they could cross the Jordan, the same God that sent his own son to rescue his people, the same God is, is the one that is speaking to us today. This is the God that we know. And so let's join with the psalmist in Psalm 103 this week that we'll be able to read. Let's say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good. God has satisfied us with good. He has been faithful. We can trust him and know him. And may we enjoy him this week as we get to read his word and feast on his faithfulness. Amen.